Welcome to the Go Forth and Golf Podcast, where you can listen to everything related to the game of golf. Golf tips to help you improve your golf game, entertaining interviews, discussions about the latest in golf equipment, and so much more. Now, here is your host, PGA professional, Steve Goforth. Hey everyone and welcome to the first full episode of the Go Forth and Golf Podcast. I'm your host Steve Goforth, PGA Professional at Willow Creek Golf Club. Now if you listened to my first episode, my trailer episode, you got an idea of how excited I am about bringing you this podcast and the things that I'm going to talk about and how I'm going to expand on the game of golf. The whole purpose of this is to make you a better golfer, to inspire you to be a better golfer and to grow the game of golf. I just want to share my passion for the game of golf with all of you and make you better and entertain you at the same time. So I am very excited about this podcast and and, and the possibility of interacting with all of you and helping as many of you as I can to improve your game. I thought it would be appropriate to give you a little background of my career in golf. How did it start? What was my journey? So I'm going to do that in this first episode. I started out as a cart boy at He Jazz Golf Club over in Malden, South Carolina. Special thank you to Mr. Mike Hamilton for giving me my first job in the golf business. And Mike has been great throughout my career. He's always checked in on me. He's always stayed in touch with me and me with him. And that's a special relationship that I'm always going to treasure. So thank you, Mike, for giving me my first job in the golf business and uh, making sure that I continue to grow. That's what PGA professionals do. We look after each other, and Mike has done a fantastic job of doing that with me from the very beginning. I left Jazz, went over to Slazenger Golf in my late teens and my early 20s, stayed there for about eight years, and I had a tremendous experience with Slazenger Golf. I started out just sweeping the floors as a teenager, picking range balls uh, by hand out on the driving range we had out back that we used to do fittings on. Worked my way up to the production room building custom clubs, was over the club repair division, uh, ended up being a custom club fitter and working in the uh, account management department where I would work hand-in-hand with a lot of our accounts we had out there throughout the country. Met a lot of fantastic people, worked with a lot of tremendous minds in the golf business. I cannot tell you how much I value my time there and how much I learned from from all these geniuses in the golf business at such a young age when I worked there. So I'm forever grateful for my time there at Slazinger Golf. Unfortunately, they shut down uh, late 90s, early 2000s, and I I had to figure out what I was going to do. Where am I going to go? So I went next door to a computer software company, had some friends that worked there, and uh, thought, you know what, maybe I'm going to make a career out of computers. Worked there for about two and a half years, learned a lot. Learned a lot about problem solving, learned a lot about customer service, and that my time there really helped me today and throughout the rest of my career. So I'm really grateful for the time I had, even though it was not in the golf business. That was just something I had to do at that time. So I'm there at the computer software company. I get a phone call from my good friend, Shannon Owens. He was working at the Eagle Zone and he he kept enticing me to come back, come back, come back in the golf business. We need you over here at Eagle Zone. And I was like, eh, I don't know. You know, I, I like it over here. I like my career so far. Maybe I, maybe I won't make computers my career. Man, am I glad I did not do that because I would not have had the experiences that I've had up to this point in the golf business and met all the wonderful people that I've met. So 
Thank you, Shannon, for persuading me to get back in the golf business and for pushing me and not giving up on me. Because if you wouldn't have done that, I would not have been blessed to have been in this business uh, up to this point and having all the experiences that I've had thus far. I took Shannon up on his offer, come over to Eagles Own. I stayed there at Eagles Own until 2009. I had, uh, again, tremendous experiences there at Eagles Own. Met so many wonderful people, worked with so many fantastic people at Eagles Own. I was a GM, the director of golf, ran the club repair department, and forever indebted to everyone that's helped me there at the Eagles Own. In 2009, I got the opportunity to, be, to live out my dream and become a head golf professional. And lo and behold, it was at the golf course where I started, He Jazz Golf Club. And I went over there to be the head professional in 2009, stayed there until 2014. And my time there, again, invaluable. I met some wonderful people there. The members I grew so close to, still close to a lot of them to this day. I love every single one of them. And the experience I had there, again, was tremendous. And I was really sad to leave there, but a lot of things were going on. I wasn't sure if the golf course was going to stay around. Thankfully, it did. It ended up getting purchased after I left uh, by Tommy Beershank, and they renamed that to Legacy Pines and doing very well over there. And that's when I went to Willow Creek Golf Club, where I am right now as a GM and head professional. And my time at Willow Creek has been outstanding. The people at Willow Creek have been tremendous as well, and they are wonderful people. We have an exceptional membership at Willow Creek. The people there, the, the golfers that come in there every week are awesome people. I love every single one of them. And it just brings me so much pleasure to talk with them and to interact with them. And, and that they're part of my daily life. I can't say that enough. So I absolutely love everyone there so far. I've met so many great individuals at, at Willow Creek. The staff at Willow Creek is phenomenal. I cannot say enough about the staff there and how they have helped me so much and how we are just a, a close-knit family there at Willow Creek. And our passion is to deliver the best golfing experience that we possibly can to all of the people that come there. And we pride ourselves on that, and we continue to try to improve that. So I love my time here at Willow Creek so far, and I'm really excited about where this golf course is going. We've, we've put in new greens this past year. And we're making those improvements to just make that golfing experience even better for the golfers that come there. So Willow Creek Golf Club is my home. And I decided, you know what? Let's do something else. Let's do this podcast. Let's see how we can grow the game. And that's what I'm here to do. So thank you for taking the time to listen to that little brief history. I thought I should do that and kind of introduce myself to you and, and where I came from and what my background is. So let's talk about this show. What are you going to hear in this first full episode of Go Forth and Golf Podcast? Well, today I'm talking about putting tips. How can we improve your putting? How can we make you a better putter, not only just with the putting stroke, but with the setup position, how to come up with a pre-putt routine, and also how to read greens. I'm going to talk a little bit about pace of play, the importance of pace of play, and how that can make your round a lot more enjoyable. Special guest for today is Callaway representative Josh Venters. Josh took time out of his busy schedule to sit down with me and talk about the wonderful product that Callaway has to offer you golfers out there. And finally, I'm going to talk about the First Tee program. The First Tee program is something that's very special to me and how it impacts the lives of youth, especially here in the upstate of South Carolina. So that is a preview of today's show. I hope you enjoy it. So without further ado, let's tee it up. 
As many of you know, putting is extremely important in the game of golf. If you can putt well, you can shoot some low scores. What they say, drive for show, putt for dough, and it's so true. And so today's episode, I want to really help you with your putting. I want to help you not only with your setup, but also your pre-putt routine, and also how to read the green. So let's jump right into it. Setup. Setup's extremely important with putting. I'm not going to go into a whole lot of stuff, uh, go into more detail in my lessons, but I do want to talk about some of the three main points you need to think about when you're setting up to your putt. Number one, make sure you're gripping the putter in your palm and not in your fingers. Uh, we grip the club in our fingers uh, or, or iron or wood in our fingers because we're going to hinge our wrists. With putting, we don't need to do that as much. So grip it in your palm. That's why you see a lot of golfers going with the larger grips because it actually helps them put that, that putter uh, grip in the palm more so in, instead of in the fingers. So grip it in the palm. And what that does, it just reduces the, the amount of hand and wrist movement and gets your hands more connected and promotes more arms and shoulder movement. Second point, this is probably the most important as far as I'm concerned with setup, is make sure your eyes are directly over top of the golf ball. You don't want to be too far inside, too far outside of the golf ball. Helps tremendously when it comes to putting the ball down your intended line. We're going to talk a little bit more about it, your intended lie as uh, we get into this, but Having your eyes directly over it really helps to make sure you maintain consistency in your putt. So when you swing your arms and shoulders, it goes right down. Uh, the ball goes right down the the, eye, the line of your eyes. Huge when it comes to putting. So please make sure your eyes are over the ball. If you've taken lessons from me before, you know that I use a mirror. I put down an eyeline mirror to make sure you're directly over it. Helps tremendously. I encourage you to get one. Again, that's eyelinegolf.com. And then thirdly, use your arms and shoulders, never your hands and wrists. You want to think of a pendulum or old grandfather clock going back and forth at tick-tock motion using your arms and shoulders. The putter, or the putt rather, should be initiated with the arms and shoulders and never the hands and wrists. So those are three basic tips I want to give you as far as your setup and the putting stroke itself. Let me talk to you about the importance of pre-putt routine. I really teach this heavily. Having a routine in anything that you're doing is going to make you more calm and more focused. Think about it like this. If you've ever uh, started out your day and something went wrong and your your routine got broken. And when your routine gets broken, you tend to be under stress. Your day didn't start out too good. And the re- it kind of dictates, almost dictates the rest of your day to where it's just, it feels like it's chaotic and you just never really have any structure or any, any organization to that day because it didn't start out the way it needed to for you. So having that pre-putt routine can calm you, keeps you focused, and keeps you more error-free when there's a routine there. Now, I'm never one to tell somebody that you, you you have to do a routine that I teach you because I feel like you need to come up with your own routine. You need to own that. If you come up with it yourself, you're going to typically own that more, and you're going to be proud of it, and you're going to stick to it better. Now, I do have some tips that can help you with your pre-putt routine and some things that I do. For example... I always go go to both sides of the ball. We're going to talk a little bit more about that when I um, when I discuss how to read the greens. But going on both sides of the ball or both sides of the cup, uh, putting strokes. There's a certain amount of putting strokes I may take uh, when I mark my ball. When I, I may use a certain marker, and I may take my ball up, clean it, put it down a certain way, whether I'm using the arrow on the ball or I'm sight lining to something in front of me. And also when it comes to alignment, making sure I get over my ball. I always make sure that my putter's in line with my line on my ball and my feet, hips, and shoulders are parallel to that line. So that's just part of my pre-putt routine. 
but come up with your own because it really helps a lot because when you have that routine, you tend to not make as many mistakes. And that's something I see a lot with a putting stroke is or, or putting in general is when golfers get to the green, they're in a hurry, they're not taking their time, and then mistakes are made. You, you either misaligned yourself or you get rushed and you come up and out of the putt and you pull it or push it. So really important, come up with that pre-putt routine. I cannot express that enough. Watch the guys or the ladies on tour. They all have a pre-putt routine that they go through, and they do it religiously. They very rarely break that routine. And it just, again, helps them to maintain consistency, and it keeps them calm. Out there, there's a lot of pressure, and we feel pressure of our own when we're on the golf course, right? We want to make that putt because it's for our, our first birdie of the day, or uh, we're going to beat our buddy that we're playing with, or whatever the case may be. You, you, you feel some pressure there. You feel some anxiety we all experience that. And so when we have that routine, we tend to stay in the moment, we stay focused, and we have a lot better chance of making that putt and less of a chance of making mistakes. Now, a lot of you out there may have an issue with reading greens. Reading greens is, is having problems with that is not uncommon at all. And some people do it really well and some people struggle with it. They have a hard time seeing the slope, whether it be uphill, downhill, or left or right break. So these are just a few tips that can help you with reading greens better. First and foremost, go to both sides of the ball, meaning start behind the ball, walk over to the other side of the cup. I cannot express that enough. I teach that a lot. Always walk up to the hole, see the path that that putt's going to travel because when you see that path that's going to travel, you feel a little more comfortable. The analogy I like to use here is you ever had that doctor's appointment across town to where you, you didn't, you've never been there before, but you happen to be out and about the week before or the day before. You're like, you know what? I'm going to ride over here and just see where this uh, doctor's office is. That way, the day of my appointment, I'm not feeling so stressed and I don't have to rush as much. And I'm just going to feel a lot more comfortable the day of my appointment when I go over there. That's kind of what we're doing here. We're walking the line. We're walking up there. We're, we're going to see the path that our golf ball is getting ready to travel. And when we see that from different views, we tend to feel a little more comfortable about it. So when we get up over our putt, we're a little more relaxed because we know the, the path that that ball is going to travel because we've already walked it. We've already looked at it. And we tend to be more relaxed and more confident over the golf ball. And that's huge. Look at the entire green as well. Don't just look at the putt that you're getting ready to make. Don't be so focused on the line. Look at the green as a whole. It may tell the story of the putt. If you're looking at the entire green, you may see some, some tendencies of, of how, the, how the green moves. If it's moving left, moving right. If it's uphill, downhill. So look at the entire green. If you're walking up to the, to the green, for example, from the fairway or from your cart, kind of stop for a second and just look at the entire green. It may tell you a lot about the putt that you're getting ready to make. Now, when trying to decide how much that putt's going to break, a lot of people will use golf ball widths or cup widths. For example, they may say, All right, I think this one's going to be two balls to the right of the cup, or this is going to be three cups to the left of the hole. Whatever you decide to do there is totally up to you on that. Cup width, ball width, whatever works best for you. But once you determine the, the break of that putt based on you walking to the other side, looking at it from behind your golf ball, walking the line of the putt, looking at the slope, uphill, downhill, you're going to get a feel for how this ball is going to move, which way it's going to go to. So let's just say, for example, you've determined that it's going to be a, a right-to-left break, two cups out to the right. Now, what you got to think about at this point is that line that you've just chosen. In this case, it's two cups out to the right. 
Every putt in golf is a straight putt. Okay, I'm going to say that one more time. Every putt in golf is straight. It's the ground that makes the ball move. Okay, so if you've determined that your straight line, and that's what you got to be focused on here, your straight line is two cups to the right of the hole, that's the line you want to put on. Don't worry about everything else. Put that line and let the ground take it to the cup. Now, there's going to be times where you, you know, swear up and down that that was two cups to the right. I know it was. I looked at this thing in every possible direction I could. It was two cups, but it didn't break. Maybe it broke one. Maybe it broke three cups. That's okay. That's golf. That's going to happen to you. The guys on tour, they struggle with making reading greens. They have caddies out there helping them, okay? It happens, all right? So don't let that discourage you. Whatever you're seeing out there, whatever putt you're getting ready to make, commit to it. Commit to it like that's the putt. If you miss it, that's fine. Learn from your mistakes. You may know that, hey, that, I played too much break. Next time, don't do that. That's totally okay, but just commit to it. Because if you step up over a putt with any doubt in your mind whatsoever about how this thing's going to break, and we've all done it, you know, we've gotten over that putt, I just don't know if this is going to break this much. Maybe I'm playing too much. Maybe I'm not playing enough. When all that stuff's going through your head, you're probably going to miss that putt. So just be confident in whatever you see. If you're right, great. If you're wrong, that's okay. You learn from it. But every putt in golf is straight. It's the ground that makes it move. Commit to that putt. I cannot stress that enough. Reading greens is not as difficult as a lot of people make it out to be, and there are certainly some techniques out there that can help you read greens better. There's different uh, philosophies and strategies on how to read greens. I'd suggest you look into those. That could help you a lot. There's a lot of uh, tips out there that people are giving on how to read greens and a lot of tips that the pros use when they're out there. So definitely explore all these options, anything that can help you read greens better. Lastly, I want to talk about the importance of maintaining your posture over the putt. This is something I see a lot where golfers will putt and they're real anxious to turn and see where the, where the ball is going. And when they do that, they tend to raise up and out of the putt, thus causing it to push out to the right or maybe a pull to the left. So really important that you maintain your posture position. So when you get set up, your eyes are directly over it. You're using your pendulum motion. You're making your putting stroke. You putt it. The putter goes through maintain that that posture position until the ball at least gets three quarters of the way to the hole if not the entire way through i've done that with a lot of students just making sure they they stay over the ball and and make sure that putt is complete until they come up and out and you'll be amazed at the amount of times that golfers will make those putts because they were patient and they stayed with it so, especially on, on shorter putts. I mean, how many times have we been over a two- or three-footer and we're nervous, right? And we know we're supposed to make that putt. we got to make this putt. And then we putt, and we want to see if it's going in. And we turn that head too soon, and it causes you to pull or push. Think of it like this. How many times have you been going down the road, and you'll see, like, an accident on the side of the road, and, and all of a sudden your, your eyes are looking over there, and guess what? Your car is veering that way, too, because it's going where your eyes are looking. We tend to do that with putting. So if our eyes are turning, our head's turning, our putter's going to go with it. So if we maintain our posture position over that golf ball and we make our putt, our putts are going to have a tendency of going a whole lot straighter. So I hope these tips help you set up pre-putt routine, reading the green, maintaining your posture. I really hope that helps you. If you want more information and want to come to me for a lesson, please give me a call. Look me up on my website, goforthgolfinstruction.com. Uh, and I'd be happy to go out on the putting green and work with you and, and make that putting 
even better. As many of you know, pace of play tends to be something that we all have had struggles with, whether it be we've not maintained a pace we wanted to or we got behind that slow group that really frustrated us and made you have that off day on the golf course because it took forever to play. Uh, at Willow Creek, we do our very best to really promote a great pace of play. When I first got there, that was something that it, it tended to be frowned upon uh, at, at our golf course, and we didn't have a great reputation for pace of play. And we've really worked hard over the last five to six years to improve pace of play and to have constant reminders to people about the importance of keeping up with the group ahead of you. And that's all it boils down to. If you just keep up with the group ahead of you, then everything should run smooth. Obviously, you want to have a, the first group out dictating a good pace for that day, but just keep up with the group in front of you. If you lose sight of that group, then you might need to catch up. Now, there's going to be a situation where uh, there's several whole gap in between you and the group that started in front of you. That's okay. What you want to do in that case is refer to these top 10 tips. I, I feel the top 10 tips to help you maintain a good pace of play if you don't have a group in front of you to help you maintain your pace. All right, so let's start with number one. Play as if you only have about three and a half to four hours to play or play as if there's a time limit. For example, we got to get done before the sun sets or we need to be done before five o'clock. We teed off at one o'clock. We got to be done by five o'clock. When you have a certain time in your mind that you've got to finish, you tend to stay on pace. I'll give you another example. When we have tournaments at Willow Creek and it's a one o'clock shotgun, I'll ask that the group be finished by five, five thirty tops. And when they have that, that, that time in their mind that, Hey, we got to be done by five o'clock. They tend to stay on pace a whole lot better as opposed to, well, keep it to four to four and a half hours. Well, what's four, four and a half hours. You get out there and you lose track of time. But if you have a, a set time, three and a half, four hours, or when the sun goes down or by five o'clock, whatever that is, you tend to stick to your pace of play a whole lot better. Number two, check the time when you tee off and then check it again every three holes. Now, believe it or not, this helps you play faster. At Willow Creek, we have a chart that I've posted up in our clubhouse. It's like a spreadsheet of sorts, and it shows you a timetable of where you should be on every hole, and that helps you maintain a good, a good pace of play. So when you're at Willow Creek next time, make sure you check that out. It's really helpful. Number three, agree to play ready golf. So before you tee off, your group have a conversation and say, let's play ready golf today, especially if it's just a casual round of golf. It's not a competitive round. If you're playing a competitive round, maybe casual, I'm sorry, maybe ready golf is not the way to go there. You want to maintain etiquette, further stop plays. Not to say you can't do that in competition. You can, but preferably casual golf, ready golf is going to be uh, the way to go on that. Number four, when you I love this one. This is a really good tip here. So when you approach your par three, the first golfer to arrive onto the hole, you need to get the yardage, and then you announce it to everyone else. Instead of everybody coming up to the tee box, pulling up the rangefinder, shooting the yardage, or looking at their GPS device, the first person up on the tee box, you get the yardage, you announce it. That really helps a lot with pace of play. And then after that first person hits, that person needs to be ready to fill divots uh, after everybody hits their shot. That's also going to save a, a ton of time. So first person hits, you're done. 
You're waiting on your other three guys, two, three guys to play. Be standing there ready to take that sand, fill the divots when the players are done. Again, huge time saver on par threes. Number five, approximate the yards instead of walking them off. Obviously, yardage reading devices can make things a lot quicker. But do this while you're waiting on other golfers to hit. Don't wait until it's your turn to go and get your yardage. Now, if you don't have a rangefinder or a GPS device, going back to what I said earlier, approximate yardage instead of walking them off. So usually most golf courses are going to have a sprinkler head that has some yardage on it, or you see the 150 marker. At Willow Creek, we have a, a 150 post at the, uh, of course, that 150-yard marker, and then we have a 100-yard marker uh, always on the cart path, a 200-yard marker on the cart path. And then we have your markers in the fairway. It can be blue for 150, I'm sorry, blue for 200, white for 150, and red for 100. So find those markers and kind of approximate the best you can. Obviously, if you're in a competition round, you might want to get some more exact yardage. I highly suggest you get a GPS device that can also make things so much quicker. All right, number six, while you wait, take as many practice swings as you want, okay? Take as many putting strokes as you want. But when it's your turn to hit, only take one. Instead of getting up over the ball and taking several practice swings or several putting strokes, you should have already done that before it was your turn to hit. So take as many as you want. But when it's your turn to hit, just take that one when you get there over the golf ball. Number seven, always be moving forward. This is another big one. Now, if you have to, if you have to backtrack to your bag or to your cart or to get your clubs, you're losing time. So, for example, place your golf clubs or the items that you have with you, whether it be a towel or a glove, between the hole and the golf cart. You've got to walk past it as you're on your way to the golf cart. So not only does that help save time, but it also helps you to not forget clubs or gloves or whatever it is that you may have with you there at the putting green. Uh, you won't leave it behind. We get that a lot as well at the golf course. So always make sure that you're moving forward. Again, a huge, huge factor for pace of play. Number eight, always have a spare ball handy if you need to drop uh, due to a lost ball or a penalty. If you have that extra ball handy, that makes things a lot quicker. You don't have to go look, at, dig in your bag, find another golf ball, take the golf ball out, mark it, identify it to everybody. Just have it ready to go. Have that spare ball ready to go whenever you need it. Hopefully you won't need it. Hopefully you won't lose a golf ball, but if you do, it's good to have. Number nine, we love to tell jokes. We love to tell stories. That's part of being out there. It's, it's part of having fun while we're playing golf. But those stories and those jokes are best told after teeing off, not before. Doing it before is kind of interrupting another player's preparation. Do it after. Do it uh, if you're in the golf cart on your way to your next shot. Uh, but always try to make sure that you're not doing that before you tee off. Do it after you tee off. Especially when you have that playing partner and you know who he is, you play with him or her and they really take it serious and they've got their pre-shot routine and they're in their zone, they're really thinking about the shot and the last thing they want to do is hear a story or a joke when they're trying to pre prepare for that shot. Now, keep in mind there's going to be situations where you're, you're waiting on the group ahead of you and it's a long wait that day certainly tell your jokes certainly tell your stories because you got plenty of time to do it then jump into your pre-shot routine or your your preparation for that shot but again tell those jokes tell those stories after teeing off that can definitely help with pace of play finally number 10 playing on the tail of someone in front of you will subconsciously push them to play faster even if they're trying not to now 
let me clarify something here. I'm not telling you to hit into people because I want you to go. Steve said to play on the tail of people. Let's hit into them. No way. Don't ever hit into somebody. Never do that. I'm just saying if you push somebody, going back to what I said earlier, keep up with the group in front of you. Because if the group in front of you can see you, they know they need to maintain a good pace of play as well. So just stay on the tail of the people in front of you. Again, keep up with the group in front of you. So that's my top 10 ways of improving pace of play. Now, there are other additional points I want to throw in here. Consider playing forward at least one tee box, especially if uh, you or your playing partners are just having an off day with your driver. That's going to happen sometimes. Uh, if, if you feel like, hey, maybe I'm playing a golf course I'm not familiar with, or maybe I'm playing a golf course that I just don't do too well at, or my driver's giving me fits today or been giving me fits in the two previous rounds, play up a tee. That can really help you a lot with the pace of play. Another thing you need to consider here is please remember that foursomes have the right of way on the golf course. Anything less than a foursome shouldn't feel that they have the right to play through. Now, certainly slow play groups should be considerate and, and, and have courtesy and think about letting people play through, but that's always, it's never a requirement for a foursome. So if you're a single, you're a twosome, you're a threesome, you don't have the right of way that a foursome does. And that's a really misunderstood a lot, not only at our golf course, but so many other golf courses, a twosome's out there behind a foursome and they're saying, well, you know, I'm pushing them, I'm waiting on them all day, but they won't let us play through. But there's really may not be a place for you to go. You never want to consider letting a group play through if there's another group ahead of you because they're just going to get stuck again. Now, certainly if there are maybe one to two or three holes open in front of you and you've got a twosome playing behind you and you're a foursome, sure, absolutely let them play through as long as it's not going to disrupt uh, the pace of play and it's not going to slow things down further. So I want to really make sure I, I emphasize that because I, we hear that so many times, especially a single as well. A single will go out and get so frustrated because they can't play in two and a half, three hours because there's all these groups ahead of them and nobody will let them play through. So please remember, a foursome always has the right of way. We try to do our best to, to pair people up because not only does it uh, you know, produce camaraderie and you make new friends, but it also ensures a great pace of play. So if you're a foursome as opposed to a twosome or a threesome and you got a whole group of foursomes ahead of you, it really helps a lot to have that uh, that four-man group in there. So I hope this helps you. I hope next time you get to the golf course, you'll be more mindful of pace of play, not only for your sake, but for the sake of everybody around you. Pace of play is huge. It's one of the main reasons that people have an unenjoyable round of golf because they feel like it takes too long. And uh, anything that we can do to, to improve that, for your sake or for the sake of the golfers around you or the golfers behind you will make everybody's life so much better, make everybody's game so much more enjoyable. So please, please be mindful of pace of play. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the interview section of the show, and I'm very pleased to have as my guest today Callaway Golf Sales Representative Josh Venters. Josh has been with Callaway for many years and I'm very, very happy that he agreed to come on the show to talk about the line of Callaway golf equipment. Not just the new line of Maverick clubs that just debuted, but also golf balls and their line of Odyssey putters. So I'm super excited about this interview, and I cannot wait to talk to Josh about all the new stuff that Callaway golf has to offer. So without further ado, let's bring in Josh Venters.
Josh, thanks for joining me on the show today. How are you? I'm doing well. I hope you are just, uh, you know, watching Phil Mickelson at Pebble and not looking like he's going to be victorious, but uh, we did have Minwoo Lee win out on the European tour earlier today uh, with a full bag of Callaway, even down to the golf ball. Nice. Uh, playing the new Crimsoft X, so that's good. And we also got a Maverick win tour uh, with the driver on the ladies tour. So that's, uh, yeah, that's good. Maverick's that's awesome. a hot start. Sounds like a great weekend for Callaway. It is, yeah. We just hope to keep the momentum going. So you guys have launched your new line of golf clubs called Maverick. So tell me and the listeners, how does the Maverick line differ from the Epic of last year? Yeah, so great question. Maverick is, um, you know, it's an entire family launch, whereas last year Epic Flash was just metals. Uh, and then, of course, we launched the, the Epic Force Irons later in the year. But Maverick is, there's something for every player in the line. And it has exceptional ball speed, um, you know, whether it's the driver, the fairway metals, all the way up into the irons and hybrids where we've expanded uh, what artificial intelligence can do and what it, what it can help us design. Well, talk to me about uh, the artificial intelligence. Some of the listeners may be um, hearing that and like, what, it, what is AI? What does AI have to do with golf? Yeah, so AI, artificial intelligence. Um, yeah, you know, we invested in 2018 in a supercomputer, and that's where in 2019 you saw Flash, uh, Epic Flash, which was Flash-based technology, which really just helped us create a much more expansive ball speed across the face. Um, and you coupled that with jailbreak technology, where you know you have those two titanium rods connecting the sole and the crown uh, of the driver, whether it be fairway metal. Uh, and it's basically trapping energy on the face, whereas normally an impact that energy would be dispersed away from the face. But uh, AI also gives us a huge competitive advantage when you talk about being able to just run trials, um, you know, of, of different faces. Uh, we were able to do, you know, upwards of 50,000 different iterations uh, in Epic Flash. Um, and basically what I mean by iterations is just face after face testing across the entire face, um, you know, and developing, basically creating as much ball speed as we could create, uh, no matter where you hit it on the golf club. Wow. Someone that has the Epic line right now, and that may be considering the Maverick line, what would be the huge difference if they were to upgrade to Maverick? Yeah, so great question. And, um, you know, obviously with Epic Flash was a great driver. It was the number one driver model sold in 2019. Um, we had over 50 tour wins uh, with that driver across all major worldwide tours, the most of any manufacturer. Uh, but Maverick is you know, just unconventional forgiveness. Um, and what I mean by that, you know, the biggest difference in that driver is you're seeing much more speed across the face, whether it's an inside heel hit or maybe high on the toe, um, you're seeing more consistent higher ball speeds than what you saw in Epic Flash. And then also, too, to me, the neatest thing about this driver um, is just the spin robustness, if you will. And when I say spin robustness, I just mean the spin consistency across the entire face. Um, you know, you were, at our, you were at our Kings of Distance event on Wednesday, 
And yeah. um, you may have seen that graphic with, you know, different hits, whether it was high on the face, center face hits, or impact lower on the face. Um, and generally what you would see with, say, Epic Flash last year or any other driver in the marketplace, uh, there was about a 1,400 RPM difference in spin, depending on where you hit it at on the face. And with this driver, we're looking at only 400 RPM spin difference, which is just incredible. Um, and what that means for the golfer is um, much more consistent distance, no matter where you hit it on the face, and a much tighter downrange dispersion uh, to the tune of 15% tighter than what we saw with, um, with Epic Flash. Yeah, that statistic really jumped out at me. In fact, I made a note of that and when listening to that and when seeing that slide, I was like, wow, you know, that's, uh, you know, 13 to 1400 RPM and in, in spin rate is huge by miss yeah. hitting it off the center of the club face. And with this driver, if you do miss hit, you said what, 400 RPM roughly instead of the 13 to 1400, that is significant. That is incredible. Yeah, it's, it, I mean, it's kind of, defies convention right of what you think is, is normal in the driver um so yeah it's a huge performance advantage and we're really excited about maverick and you know one more thing i want to mention there's obviously a lot of talking points on the driver but sound it is completely different when it comes to acoustics versus epic flash uh, and that was something that ai helped us with as well uh this yeah you know, i think you saw the video but it, the Epic Flash and drivers in the past that we've had jailbreak in or flash face technology have had a much kind of a, a longer sound and also a, a higher pitch kind of tingy sound. Yeah. yeah. And this new driver has a, a much deeper, shorter sound, very crisp. I've had a lot of, had a lot of people who hit it um, say, you know, Hey, this almost reminds me of, of like a persimmon wood uh, back in the day. So uh, we think that's a very flattering comment. It is. It is. I've, I've hit the driver and I, I could tell right away when I hit it, the difference in sound. It was, it was nice. I really like it a lot. Tell me about the line of irons. We've talked about driver. What should the listeners know about the irons? How can that improve their game? What is yeah, the difference so, here with the Maverick line of irons compared to past? Yeah. So like I said earlier, Maverick is a family launch. There's something for every player, not only in driver and fairway, but also an iron and hybrid. Um, you know, this is the first time we've ever had uh, flash face in the irons. And, you know, we're coupling that with cup face technology as well, which really just increases that trampoline effect off the face at impact. So we're gaining massive ball speeds. Um, you know, we have to kind of talk about the lineup and how we have something for each player. You know, we start with just the Maverick iron, um, which is a, it's a game improvement distance iron. Uh, I'd, I'd be hard-pressed um, to see if there's an iron that's longer out there this year than what we have with Maverick. Uh, it takes those stronger loss from the Rogue X, which was the number one game improvement iron in golf uh, for the last two years. And it gives you a little bit of a smaller package, but also, too, with that flash face technology, we're getting more consistent ball speeds across the face. We have a technology called Suspended Energy Core, which we launched in Big Bertha last year, um, which just helps us fine tune the center of gravity in each iron head so that launch is optimal in each iron. And then we also have 
uh, variable phase thickness spin control technology, which you saw in the Apex line and currently is in the Apex line, just making sure that spin is consistent and that we have the proper yardages, yardage gaps throughout the, throughout the bag. Um, and then we also still have the urethane microspheres, which, you know, for a cast club, really using that porous urethane behind the face just helps us create a much softer feel and a more pleasing sound and impact. Yeah, having that advantage of, of getting that launch angle with the irons is huge. And, and giving lessons, and I, I see a lot of golfers struggle with getting that optimal launch angle with their irons. And then and from everything you're describing about the Maverick line, it's going to make that so much easier for, for those golfers that do have a hard time getting the ball airborne. Yeah, and that's where the Maverick Max uh, iron line will come in, uh, come in really handy for that player. They're still going to gain distance, but they're going to gain the distance they want, which is carry distance. Um, and then on the opposite end of the spectrum, you're going to have Maverick Pro, which is a thinner top line, less offset. Uh, it's going to be more appealing to that, that better player, uh, maybe that high single handicap, or you know, I think even 11 or 12 can play it. But it has all those performance advantage technologies just in a much smaller package, something that's more pleasing to the eye. Well, something that really stood out to me were the Jaws wedges. Those are absolutely phenomenal. And, and uh, you know, I, I'm not afraid to say they, they may be the best wedges I've ever hit in my life. The, the feel of the ball coming off those wedges, the spin you can get off of them. Tell the listeners more about that. I mean, is it – how can they help not just low handicap golfers but the mid to high handicap golfer as well? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know, you know, all the things you just said would definitely be music to Roger Cleveland's ears. Um, but yeah, the, the new Jaws wedge, it's the sharpest edge radius we've ever had in a wedge. Um, you know, and we couple that with the groove and groove technology that, you know, gives you, gives you more spin and more consistent spin, especially if there's, you know, you've got moisture on the ball or moisture on the face. Um, you know, it just makes, makes those spin rates much more consistent. And, you know, what we've seen versus MD4 with this new Jaws wedge is 90 yards and in, we're picking up upwards of 400 more RPMs of backspin. And for your, you know, you mentioned for those higher handicap players, I'm one of those players. It, it is hard to generate spin, you know, with those shorter shots um, and get them to stick close to the hole. So this is really going to help the average golfer um, due to that you know, much sharper edge radius. It's right up against the USGA legal limits. And correct me if I'm wrong here, but the sharper edges, that, that's basically grabbing the golf ball more, creating more spin. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, it's, it's basically just sticking to the golf ball, right, and, and creating more spin as it leaves the face. Um, so, it's, yeah, it's, it's incredible, especially when you get them on a launch monitor. And you, and you let people hit their gamer wedges versus this new Jaws lineup. And then also, too, with just the, the variety of grinds that we have. I and mean, when we have something to fit every player, um, yeah, it's, they're spectacular. We're really excited about this new wedge lineup. Well, let's talk a little bit about the golf balls. We get a lot of golfers coming to the golf shop, and they, they want to know uh, what golf ball they need to be playing. What are the differences between the different lines? Can you describe the characteristics of the line of Callaway balls and – which golf ball may be best suited for a certain skill level? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that, I think there's that confusion out there in golf amongst every manufacturer. And we've, we really tried to, to make it an easy story to follow. 
and that's why our golf ball lineup is two premium tour balls with Chrome Soft and Chrome Soft X. And then, you know, we have the ERC, um, ERC Soft Golf Ball, which is a performance distance ball, if you will. And then we have our Super Soft Golf Ball. Um, and we do all those golf balls in a, you know, variety of, of colors and, and patterns, uh, which is becoming more increasingly popular uh, throughout golf. Uh, but to start with Chrome Soft and Chrome Soft X, those are going to be two brand new golf balls for this year, launching March 12th. Um, four piece, four premium urethane covers. Um, what's different this year for Chrome Soft and Chrome Soft X? We'll start with Chrome Soft. Uh, it's going to have a, a thinner urethane cover, uh, which is going to give us great spin control. Um, but the, the biggest thing with that golf ball is it's got a uh, over 60% larger core. Uh, and anytime you're, you can make the core larger in a golf ball, it's basically like giving a car a bigger engine. Um, so, you know, off the driver, we're seeing five more yards um, versus the current Chrome Soft ball, which is, which is a huge feat. Um, and then as far as spin characteristics on the ball, it's going to have similar spin uh, to what the current Chrome Soft does. You know, and right now, the, the 2018 version of Chrome Soft, it's the number three selling ball in golf. So we don't want to shock the system. You know, there's obviously people play that ball. It's their, it's their golf ball. They're loyal to it. But we feel like no one's ever going to argue with an extra five yards off the tee. Absolutely um, Yeah, right? I mean, I'll take five yards off the tee all day. Yeah. Uh, extra five yards. But something new for this year, too, is, you know, triple track alignment, which we launched in ERC. Uh, we are going to offer that uh, in Chrome Soft in white and yellow. And then we'll still do the true viz as well in white, red, and yellow, and black, uh, which a lot of people call the soccer balls. Um, that is roughly, you know, 37, 38% of our current soft sales, depending on the day. So it's, uh, it's a ball that's got tremendous traction. And, you know, we have seen, you know, we've, we've seen people try and uh, copy that ball, if you will. Uh, so, we, so we know we really got something going with that golf ball. That'll, that'll always be in the lineup. What you mentioned about the core was a fantastic example. You, you said that, you know, the, the bigger the engine, the faster it can go, and the core being the engine. What I think is phenomenal about the Chrome Soft line is that graphene technology that's wrapped around that core, giving it that stability. Because if it wasn't for that graphene technology, you couldn't get that core that big, thus producing the ball speeds. And I think that is what you guys tapped into with the graphene technology is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's the thinnest, lightest, most strongest material known to mankind. I believe the, the two people that, two gentlemen that uh, designed it, they actually won a uh, Nobel Peace Prize uh, in that category for it. So, yeah, it's, it's a tremendous material. And it's really, you know, it's allowing us to, to capture that spring-like effect, but also to, you know, create a, a very strong, durable golf ball. Tell me about the Chrome Soft X. How what would what would make a golfer lean yeah. more towards Chrome Soft X as opposed to the regular Chrome Soft? Well, Chrome Soft X is you know this year it's definitely going to be geared towards. I would I would say that person that you know a hundred plus with with swing speed with a driver. Um, we have we've raised the compression on that golf ball. It's a higher compression. It's going to be closer to a hundred versus what it was in the past at eighty five. So we really feel like you know this year we wanted to. We wanted to have a lot of separation between Chrome Soft and Chrome Soft X. We felt like in years past, maybe they were too close to each other. So this year with Chrome Soft X, 
you've got a higher compression near 100. I talked about Chrome Soft core size being, you know, upwards of 60% larger. Uh, new Chrome Soft X core versus the current Chrome Soft X is 117% larger. Uh, so back to that, you know, larger engine in a car, giving the ball larger golf core, we're just giving it more speed. And then we've also got these new high-speed dual mantle outer layers that wrap around the core of the golf ball, that larger core. And it's creating a jailbreak-like effect, if you will. And so we're seeing seven to eight yards throughout the bag longer with Chrome Soft X versus the current Chrome Soft X, which is out of this world. Um, and it's also got a much thinner um, urethane cover. So we're seeing, uh, we're seeing a lot more spin too. Uh, especially off those mid-irons and, and working your way in towards the green. But yeah, we'll offer that as well with triple track um, and also plain white, and we'll do it in the TrueViz yellow and black as well. Tell me about the ERC you guys launched last year. Absolutely love the triple track. Love it. It's really, really cool. And where does that golf ball play into the family? Is it geared towards a certain golfer, maybe a mid to high handicap golfer? maybe a mid to low handicap golfer, who would be best suited to play that ERC compared to the uh, Chrome Salt? Last year, you know, when we looked at the numbers going into our national sales meeting, which we hold in the fall, the ball hadn't even been out for a year and it was already a top 10 best-selling golf ball. So, you know, that's, that was a great achievement for us. And, you know, we, it's ERC, which stands for Ely Reese Callaway, was our founder of the company. And we really – we don't use the ERC lightly when we're naming products. It's, it's really got to be something that's a huge breakthrough and in innovation. And that's what ERC was. It was a, a three-piece and still is a performance distance ball is what we like to call it. It had a has a blended urethane cover. It obviously triple track, which now we're going to see on Chrome Soft and Chrome Soft X for this year, which, you know, to touch on triple track, you know, people using triple track, we found it to we found them to be 88% more accurate in aligning putts, lining up putts. So it's you know that's going to help any golfer. You know it's just a it's a distance ball that still has a lot of green side spin. I guess is the best way I can put it. It's really built for anybody. Finally, how about the uh, the super soft? Where would you say this ball falls in line with the golfers out there? Is it geared towards your mid to low handicap, mid to high handicap rather? Uh, can every player play the yeah, super soft? Absolutely. I mean, when it gets cold out, it's a 35 compression golf ball. Anybody can and should play it. But, you know, it's a, it's funny. We, as a company, we've never spent a dollar marketing or advertising that golf ball. And it happens to be the number one golf ball under $30 uh, in the market. It, it just keeps plugging along. We're offering in, in uh, matte colors now. Uh, we're going to do green and red and pink and orange and yeah it's a golf ball for everybody it's as far as value goes there's nothing that can come close to it in golf you know i'm using the comparisons of, of mid low high handicap golfers because we get a lot of those all those golfers coming in our golf shop and they say you know, steve you know i'm a i'm a high handicap golfer i don't know if i'm good enough to play the the chrome soft or I have a really good golfer come in and says, eh, no, I don't, I, I don't want that super soft. You know, I want, I want something, a premium golf ball. So I refer to those different characteristics, high, mid, and low handicap, just because I want golfers to understand that, you know, you don't necessarily have to be a certain handicap to play a certain golf ball. Certainly you'll see benefits from certain golf balls depending on the, the level of your game. 
but you don't necessarily have to measure that in terms of what golf ball you play. Is that correct? Or would you, would you say that's not the case? No, I, I agree with that. Um, you, know, you play the ball that performs best for, for your game and your, and your swing, obviously price, you know, as you know, plays a, a significant part for a lot of golfers, for a lot of golfers that, you know, maybe just play a couple times a month. They want the best thing for the buck and, and super soft definitely, definitely fits that mold. You know, you're not going to, you're not going to be able to beat the performance of a, of a tour four piece urethane cover ball, like, like our Chrome soft and Chrome soft X when it comes to spin separation throughout the bag and, you know, green side check. Speaking of triple track, you guys have introduced that technology into your Odyssey line of putters. Talk to me about that. I think that's really cool, especially if you take that that putter with the triple track on it, line it up with the triple track on the golf ball. I mean, no wonder there's an 88% improvement in terms of alignment. That thing is unbelievable. Correct. I'm glad to hear you say that. 2019 was a, a banner year for Odyssey. Uh, we were the number one putter out on tour across all the major worldwide tours and triple track is it's really just taking the golf ball and giving you a, a better chance to line up properly, which 90% of golfers struggle with. So yeah, it's, um, it's definitely going to help golfers, especially 10 feet and in hold more putt. Uh, like I mentioned before, 88% more accurate lining up that should definitely lower everybody's handicap. Um, and then another key thing about not only the triple track putters, but, also to uh, the Stroke Lab Black. We have a new insert this year, which is called the, the Micro Hinge Star Insert. Still has the micro hinges, which are at impact, lifting the golf ball and creating more top spin so that the ball is rolling off the face and not bouncing or skidding. And it's also too gonna have a, a much firmer feel and a louder sound, which that came from a lot of our tour players uh, last year. And you know when they were talking to us about last year's uh, Stroke Lab Silver, putter lineup they wanted something that was louder and firmer and the success that we've had on tour with stroke lab is absolutely jarring you know at the beginning of last year we had in january when we lost stroke lab silver we had 170 players roughly across the major tours um week in and week out rolling a rolling a stroke lab putter uh, when we got to october we had over 1100 stroke lab odyssey putters uh in use uh, which is just a crazy number. So really excited about what Strip Lab's doing and, and how it's making golfers more consistent in a lot of aspects of the putting stroke. Most importantly, um, it's helping them be more consistent in delivering the putter face squared impact, which is obviously how you hold more putts. Uh, you take that technology and you add triple track with it. A lot of, a lot of golfers are going to be seeing the ball go in the hole more times. Josh, hearing about all of this, it's, it's extremely difficult not to be Super excited about everything Callaway has going on in 2020, from the Maverick golf clubs to the Apex, to the Jaws wedges, to the, to the golf balls, to the Odyssey putters. You guys have got it going on in 2020. If you want to come out and demo the latest equipment with Callaway golf and get fit for some of those Maverick irons, that Maverick driver, maybe the Apex irons, come out to a demo day that we're going to be doing at Willow Creek on Saturday, March the 28th from 12 to 4. Again, that's Saturday, March the 28th from 12 to 4 p.m. They'll also have their track man there with them. And that track man, if you've not been on one yet, it's phenomenal. If you have, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It'll dial in the exact shaft that you need, club head that you need. 
they will have that there with them at the demo day. Super excited to have you guys. Josh, I cannot thank you enough for being my guest on the show today. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on and talk about this phenomenal line of golf equipment from Callaway. Oh, thank you, Steve. It's our pleasure. And uh, we appreciate all you do and promoting the brand and put, putting these great golf clubs in your members' hands and also to getting them to play the ball. So thank you so much for all you do as well and appreciate you having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. Take care. Yes, sir. During some of my episodes, I'm going to talk about how golf is impacting the lives of golfers right here in my backyard of upstate South Carolina. And today, I really want to talk about something that I think is terrific and I'm really passionate about. And that is the First Tee of the Upstate. The First Tee organization is a phenomenal organization for kids. And not only just teaching them the game of golf, but teaching them life skills. Life skills that they can carry with them for the rest of their life and use every single day. That was probably one of the best things I love about this program outside of teaching the game of golf. So to tell you a little bit about the First Tee or the First Tee of the Upstate, it's a nonprofit organization. It's, it's dedicated to in, impacting lives of young children all over the upstate here or whatever region you may be living in. Uh, in the country. Here it's Anderson County, Cherokee, Greenville, and Spartanburg counties. And they provide educational programs that, that build character, they instill the life-enhancing values, and promote healthy choices through the game of golf. They're offering programs specifically designed for young people between the ages of 5 and 18. And they impact the lives of over 55,000 upstate area youth each year. If you want more information about the First Tee, go to their website. It's firstteeupstate.org. Again, that's firstteeupstate.org. Registration is taking place for spring programs right now. Classes begin March the 9th. Now, if you're listening to this and it's too late for that, that's okay. Just visit their website at firstteeupstate.org and... Contact a member of their staff to learn more about future programs and how to get your child involved. You can also support the First Tee by purchasing one of their golf passports. This is an awesome deal if you're a golfer and you want to play a lot of golf courses in the area. It is it's phenomenal. So they've got two books this year. In the past, they've only had one. Two books for eastern half of the upstate and another one for the western half of the upstate. One book is going to be $75, or if you buy both books, it's $125. So if you live over in the eastern part of the upstate, you feel like, hey, you know what? I'm never on the western part of the upstate. I'm just going to buy the eastern book. You can certainly do that. So I'm going to do a rundown of the eastern and western courses that can be found in the book. So in the eastern golf passport book, you've got courses such as Cherokee National, The Creek, Crosswinds Par 3, Greer Country Club, Heddles Hideaway, Meadowbrook, Links of Tryon, River Falls, Village Greens, Willow Creek, and Woodfin Ridge. In the Western Golf Passport book, you've got courses such as Boscobel, Carolina Springs, Cobbs Glen, Cherokee Valley, the Club at Brookstone, Falcon's Lair, the Par 3 at Woodhaven, Pebble Creek, Pickens Country Club, the Preserve at Verde, and The Rock. So, as you can see, a ton of golf courses to choose from. You'll have a certain rate that you'll pay, a very discounted rate at each golf course. I highly suggest this. Not only do you get to play a lot of fantastic golf courses at a really good rate, but you're also supporting a tremendous 
calls with the First Tee organization. Uh, I've been privileged to be able to teach some First Tee classes, and it was a tremendous experience for me. I can't tell you how much I got out of teaching these young kids so many things about life. For example, we would teach the nine core values, honesty, integrity, sportsmanship, respect, confidence, responsibility, perseverance, courtesy, and judgment. And in teaching those classes, we integrate golf with those nine core values. And I can't tell you how much fulfillment I receive when I would teach a young kid about respect or teach them about confidence. And they end up having the confidence to go speak to someone new at their school or responsibility and how they help their parents with chores or they took on the responsibility of doing their homework without being asked. Perseverance, you know, working through their golf swing or working through perseverance they may have at school. Uh, courtesy, I'll never forget, I had one child come up to me uh, beginning of one class and he said, Coach Steve, I just wanna let you know I showed courtesy this week. I held the door open for somebody when we were walking into a building. I was like, wow, that's awesome. Congratulations, that's wonderful. So just little things like that that you, we kind of take for granted sometimes or we don't think about or sometimes we don't instill in our children it's important, and uh, that's one of the things I love about the First Tee program. So I cannot, I can sit here and talk all day long about the First Tee, and uh, it would not be enough, and I could go on and on about the wonderful, wonderful things that they do and how they impact the lives of youth, but you need to go check it out yourself. Again, firstteeupstate.org. You will not be disappointed. Terrific organization, and we are very proud to be partnered with them at Willow Creek Golf Club. That concludes the first full episode of the Go Forth and Golf podcast. I cannot thank you enough for listening, and I encourage you to subscribe for alerts on whatever platform you're listening on. That way you'll know when the next episode drops. If you feel like I deserve it, please give me a five-star rating. That helps tremendously with getting Go Forth and Golf podcast recognized on all platforms so that we can reach more listeners. I encourage you to reach out to me on social media, at Go Forth Golf Instruction on Facebook, it's at GoForthGolf on Twitter. And you can also visit my website, GoForthGolfInstruction.com, and also my YouTube channel, GoForthGolfInstruction. You can see some golf tips that I've put out there and also listen to episodes of this podcast out there on YouTube. Also, come see us at Willow Creek Golf Club. Call us for a tea time or visit our website at Willow-CreekGolf.com. Again, that's Willow-CreekGolf.com. Dot com to schedule a tee time. We'd love to have you out there. We just put in our new Tiff Eagle greens this past summer. We're really excited about it and gotten a lot of great compliments on these greens. We are super excited about the season coming up and we cannot wait to see you out there. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you taking the time to hit that play button no matter where you are and look forward to entertaining you on the next episode. Remember, together, let's go forth to a better golf game. You've been listening to the Go Forth and Golf Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to receive alerts on new episodes. For more information, please follow us on social media at Go Forth Golf Instruction or visit our website at GoForthGolfInstruction.com. Remember, together, let's go forth to a better golf game. <laughs>